Hey guys, welcome to Not At Dinner, a podcast where we talk about politics, religion, and everything else you're not supposed to talk about in polite company. I'm Link, your host for this podcast, and today we're going to talk about fake news. Hashtag fake news. We're going to talk about reality, finding a shared reality, if that's possible. We're going to talk about Justin Bieber, everyone's favorite Canadian pop star. And we're going to talk about whether or not you should eat a burrito sideways. Pro tip, do not eat a burrito sideways. Bad idea. It'll go viral on the internet. You don't want to go viral on the internet. Eat a burrito like a normal person. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about kind of the one of the bigger news stories that's going on um, right now, which is the wildfires that are happening in California. And just for anyone who doesn't live quite as close to California or hasn't been following the fires as closely, there are two big fires happening in California right now. So that might be why they're, it might be confusing when you read the news about like what's what's going on. Um, There's a fire in Northern California, which is being called the Camp Fire. This is going to be a fire that's pretty far inland, getting close to Nevada, and north of Sacramento. That fire is huge, and folks are having a hard time escaping it, and that's going on in Northern California. In Southern California, there's another wildfire called the Woolsley Fire. This is the fire that's happening just north of L.A. Um, It has entered Malibu. I'm sure that you've seen news stories or Instagram posts or other things from some celebrities, Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth as one example, um, who have lost their homes to the wildfire. Fire does not discriminate based on wealth. Um, in some cases, very wealthy folks can hire private firefighters and in these cases will be able to rebuild their homes easily. So that is the benefit, I guess, for being wealthy in this situation, but that doesn't mean your house isn't going to get burned down. So they're very far away from each other. Remember, California spans most of the West coast of the United States. So these fires aren't near each other. There are two fires that are going on that are huge and causing a lot of issues. The air quality in California right now is, as of currently reading it, some of the worst air quality in the world. This means that folks have to wear high-quality face masks when they go outside, if they go outside. It also means that it's the most dangerous for young people, like babies, infants, for the elderly, for pregnant women, Um, And for folks who are sick or have respiratory ailments, these people are going to be the most at risk for the air quality, so needing to stay inside and whatnot. And then, of course, unfortunately, the actual fires themselves. Uh, This is the most deadly wildfire event that's happened in California ever in the history of the state. As of Saturday, when I'm recording this, I'm seeing a couple of different reports, so some reports are saying more than 60, some are saying more than 70, so somewhere in that range um, of folks who have lost their lives to the fire, 
and more than a thousand people are still missing or unaccounted for. Really rough stuff going on in California. If you don't live in California, there are ways that you can support. A lot of organizations are asking for financial donations rather than physical items being donated because it's easier to address the needs on the ground in the moment with money because you can buy what you need rather than with 100 cans of corn. Financial donations, it can sometimes feel frustrating to throw money at a problem and think that's helping, but in this case, that that is something that would help a lot. Um, Obviously, sending all of our good thoughts to California. Once these get contained, then they can start to kind of address the the fallout, and it's going to be a while for California and, and for these particular communities to get back up and running, but that's what's going on in California. The Butte County, and I apologize if that's pronounced differently, but the Butte County um, website currently has listed um, all the missing persons that have been reported. So if you live in California, if you have family who lives in California, anything like that, check out that list. If if someone's not missing anymore, they're asking that you call and let them know so they can remove that person from the list. Um, and if you need to report someone who's missing, they're asking, again, that you call and not email that in because uh, you have to talk to someone to make a missing persons report. So all that information's on the website. I just wanted to make sure we're putting that information out there. If you don't live in California and you're kind of like, oh, we're getting a lot of information about these fires and it's different and I'm not really sure what's going on. The great majority of resources, both uh, first responders, government, news agencies, kind of everybody is focused on quite literally putting out the fire first, making sure people are evacuated, making sure people are safe, making sure people are sheltered, fed, everything like that. They don't have a lot of time to be kind of informing those of us that live farther away that aren't being directly impacted. So you might be getting some different information. Um, That's what's going on in California. So our thoughts are with them. And I would really highly, this episode is not about climate change, but I would definitely, definitely encourage you to go, go out there and read what climate scientists are saying about why the wildfire situation out west is only going to get worse in the years to come. Uh, folks have also done some research about hurricanes and why those are more common and stronger than they ever were before. A lot of it has to do with drier weather, warmer water, things of that nature. So definitely recommend reading that research because it will really help to understand like what's really going on on a macro level with climate change. Um, and hopefully there's more that we can do than using a reusable straw. Less straw is definitely important, but there are bigger things we can do to, to make an impact. So that's California. Um, but yeah, that's not what this episode's about. I just wanted to make sure that we kind of address that since that's a really big thing that's going on right now. But we are here to talk about the news. Well, mostly fake news. And what this episode is is about is, you know, hashtag fake news is kind of like a joke. I guess since 2016, it's become something that people just say when they hear news that they don't like. Rather than kind of getting into that rabbit hole of should we be calling stuff fake news? Because that's kind of like a not very nuanced statement. This episode is going to be about discerning facts versus opinions. And while we're all welcome to have a different set of opinions, different beliefs, 
we have to start uh, with a shared reality and we have to kind of have like shared facts. A kind of loose example of this is it is a fact that if you are inside during a rainstorm, you'll stay dry. And if you are outside during a rainstorm, you will get wet. Outside meaning somewhere where there's no shelter at all. You can have an opinion about that. Oh, I like to stand in the rain. I like to play in the rain or jump in puddles. Fine. But that doesn't change the fact that you will be wet if you are outside. Right? So that's facts versus opinions. One of my favorite kind of things that's happened recently around this is a story about Justin Bieber. I don't know how many folks have heard the story. It's trending online. It uh, became the top story on Reddit for a while. It was everywhere on Instagram and Twitter, but there was a photo that was taken of Justin Bieber. I think in New York City, I'm not 100% sure, maybe it was LA, eating a burrito sideways. And by sideways, I mean literally holding the burrito in his hand so that the top and bottom of the burrito were towards his thumbs and then biting into the middle, middle of it to eat the burrito. Someone took this picture, they posted it online, and people lost their minds. People couldn't handle the idea that Justin Bieber would eat a burrito like this. They called him a monster. You know, they oh, I would file for a divorce if my spouse ate a burrito like this. I wouldn't blame you. I think that's a reasonable reason for divorce. I'm kidding. But, I mean, no one eats a burrito like that. It, was, it really took the internet by storm. And what was really interesting is it actually made the news. So lots of weird stuff happens on the internet, especially on like Reddit. But the actual news, ABC Nightly News, doesn't usually cover the most trending meme that's happening. Uh, in this case, they did. In this case, they, ABC Local News, or excuse me, ABC Nightly News did an entire news story about Justin Bieber's sideways burrito eating habits, and it was everywhere. Have you seen that? Did you believe it? Did you really believe that that was Justin Bieber eating a burrito sideways? I did. When I first saw it, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Um, but it turns out it wasn't really Justin Bieber. The guys from the YouTube channel Yes Theory had found this other guy online, Canadian guy, who was Justin Bieber's doppelganger. And true story, they flew him out to, again, New York or LA, I don't really know what city they were in, dressed him up like Justin Bieber, and took a picture of him on a bench, eating a burrito sideways, and posted it online. And they did it to prove a point, which is that people will believe anything. It worked. Everyone believed it, including the news. Eventually, they came out and they said, like, okay, this, we, this is not real. Um, the video where they kind of say, explain what they did, I put it on the website. So you can go check out that video. Yes Theory is also a really cool YouTube channel, so you can check out the other stuff that they do. But yeah, I mean, the point was, and, and I think this is a good point, is this story took the internet by storm. It was everywhere, and it was fake. People were ready to, you know, take Justin Bieber to court 
and sue him for eating a burrito wrong. I don't think anyone's really ready to sue Justin Bieber, but people were really upset, genuinely, actually upset. And it was fake. And of course, in this case, you know, no harm was really done. Um, Justin Bieber's manager found out about it. And of course, he knew that wasn't really Justin Bieber. He ended up calling the Yes Theory guys and saying like, this is really funny. I'm not going to tell you to stop because I think it's funny. So, of course, Justin Bieber and his team, they knew, but they didn't say anything. And it, that's it. And, and that's, you know, no harm was done in the making of that. But the point was proven that because people were outraged and no one took the time to really figure out if that was really Justin Bieber to maybe cross-check where Justin Bieber was on the day that the burrito picture was claimed to have been taken, we all just believed it. That's something that we need to get better at. Because when it comes to news stories that can do harm if they're wrong, those are the ones that we need to double-check. You know, um, if you see a news story that says, Mike Pence is planning to resign as vice president of the United States of America and plans to run in 2020 against Donald Trump to become the Republican nominee for president in 2020 and then possibly the president. Do you believe that? You have to really, really check. And so my rule is this. Depending on how big of a news story it is, it may take more or less time to fact check something. The first thing that you want to do is figure out what news sources you trust. There's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of trustworthy news sources. And again, this comes, again, against facts versus opinions. So MSNBC tends to be a left-leaning news source. So you're probably not going to always agree with all of their opinions if you're conservative. But they are generally fact-based, so you can at least figure that the facts that they're sharing with you are true, right? So whether or not you share the opinions of a news organization, you need to figure out which news sources are reputable. The big ones, obviously, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, yes, Fox News even, although... Honestly, lately, they've shared a couple of stories that weren't based in fact, so be careful. Um, Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, your local news um, is often going to be mostly fact-based, at least for local news it will be. Um, BBC, Associated Press, The Atlantic, Politico, um, you have conservative news sources like the National Review and the Weekly Standard. Again, if you're liberal, you might not agree with their opinions, but generally their information is fact-based. Um, you can look at online news sources like Vox, V-O-X, uh, Reuters, Bloomberg News. Um, these are all news sources that are reputable. Uh, PBS is another one. If you're reading a news story and it's on one of these news websites, okay, you can kind of trust that it's at least 90% fact-based. They might get 
a fact here or there wrong. That's normal. We're all human. You'll, when you're looking at a news source to decide if it's reputable or not, one thing I like to do is check for corrections in previous news stories. Because a news organization that is willing to and often posts corrections to their stories is more likely to be a trustworthy news source versus a news source who doesn't care if they got something wrong. The New York Times is a good example of this. They will send out corrections if they've misspelled someone's name. Uh, They'll send out a correction for anything that they got wrong. Um, and that proves that, like, they're A, they're willing to admit when they're wrong. And B, you can trust that if the first go at reading the story had a fact maybe mis- misleading or or maybe the the writer didn't have all the correct information, they'll issue a correction. That's something you really want to look at. The other thing is news sources that post headlines that are only sensational, those aren't going to be the most reputable news sources. Now, in the age of clickbait, even CNN, even NBC, they're all posting clickbaity type articles. But, you know, if it's if every single article headline is in all caps with exclamation points, you can probably figure that's maybe not as reputable. So figure out what news sources you trust. Then the next thing that I like to do when I see a news story especially one, let's use my example again, let's say, and I haven't seen this headline by the way, but let's, I'm just using it as an example because it would be a big deal. But let's say I saw a headline that said, Mike Pence resigning as vice president, plans to run in 2020. Well, that's huge. That's huge, massive news. So what I would do is I would first look to see, hey, where did this story come from? And if it's from one of the sources I trust, or at least a source that I've, that I think I can probably trust, so let's say it's from the Washington Post. Okay, that's a source that seems reasonable. I will next go to another source. Maybe I'll go to CNN. Maybe I'll go to NBC. Um, maybe I'll check the New York Times to find a second organization reporting on that story. Because if Mike Pence is resigning from vice president, it's not only going to be reported on one news source. Find a second source. Have that second source be trustworthy. Then you can kind of say, okay, this feels like a real story. If the only place you see it posted is somewhere like the Daily Stormer or News and Guts or MediaShare.com or something, uh, don't trust that story. But if you're curious to see if it's real, go to a news source you do trust and try to find that story or Google that story and see if another source comes up reporting that. Try to also make sure that what you're sharing on social media comes from these viable sources. The less clicks that the fake news organizations get, the more they will go away because they won't have money from advertisers anymore. Always, always, always check. The next thing is checking the facts in an article. Now, first thing is to trust the news organization mostly. Certainly, I don't trust a news organization 100% blindly, but I will give 
a news a reputable news organization the benefit of the doubt and trust 90 95% of what they're reporting but facts that they list that feel like I'm not 100% sure if that's totally true or if they quote someone or if there's a tweet that's shared in in the story you can check specific facts at politifact.com which is my favorite website to check facts on because they will break down if it's misleading, so maybe it's not a lie, but it's misleading, they'll let you know. And they'll explain why it's misleading and what the reality is. Always, always, always check facts. The goal would be to only share on social media what you have fact-checked. I'm imperfect at that because it's very easy to see a sensational headline and share it immediately like, oh my god, can you believe it? That's kind of social media is built to force us to do that or to make us feel like that's what we need to do and so we're all going to share stories that aren't true or that maybe are coming from less viable sources because we're imperfect because we're human if you see a friend doing that don't be mean but you could always just say like hey i haven't seen this listed anywhere else i'm not 100 percent sure if this is true i've had friends do that to me before and i think that's reasonable because oh, I didn't know. Or like, hey, heads up, this is satire. In case anyone reading it doesn't realize it's satire. Yeah, don't be afraid to let people know when they're sharing something that's fake, but try, 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 try to share only stuff that comes from sources that are trustworthy, that's fact-checked, and that you found the same story on two sources. Or at least a similar story on two sources. Another super, super excellent website is allsides.com. This is a website that is not very flashy. It's not the prettiest website you'll ever see. But it makes a point of sharing stories from, kind of as it says, all sides. Um, which is really important, right? I think with social media, it's filtered to display only the news stories that they know that you'll like. And the ones that lean in the direction that you lean politically. So if you're more conservative, you're going to see a lot more conservative news stories in your feed. And if you're more liberal, you're going to see more liberal news stories in your feed. The algorithms are set up that way. It means that you start to reinforce that bubble that you live in and reinforce the idea that folks on the other side have no idea what they're talking about. It lets you dehumanize them, and that's not great. It also kind of breaks away critical thinking. It's harder to think critically when the only information you're given confirms what you already think allsides.com it has balanced news sources so you can like read the news from a balanced standpoint uh, one of my favorite things that they do is the balanced search so this is where and i'm going to do this right now i'm on allsides.com you can't see this but i'm on this website right now while i'm recording and there's a search box here, and you can put in any search term that you've heard in the news. So I'm going to say, I'm going to type in migrant caravan into the search box and hit enter. And what this pulls up is kind of a variety of things. So first you're going to see some featured news. Um, but kind of if you scroll down a bit, they have three different tabs you can click. News from the left, news from the right, 
and news from the center. So you can read about the migrant caravan and you can easily click and see headlines from all different perspectives to understand where other people are coming from. Now again, make sure that you're reading only the reputable sources that are listed here. Allsides.com does a pretty good job of only showing like sources you can probably trust. Um, I do see Breitbart News on here a few times in News from the Right. Um, the Huffington Post is on here in News from the Left. So take what you're reading with a grain of salt when you're reading it on either side. PolitiFact.com, again, can check your sources. News from the center is probably what most of us are just wanting so bad in this age of everyone kind of shouting at each other constantly. News from the center is exactly what you want, which is like, here's actual information of what's actually happening. And it's not someone saying, oh, we need open borders. And it's not someone saying all immigrants are disease ridden. It's just information. So allsides.com has this. Um, and this news from the center. Here's a headline. Migrants makeshift shelter in Tijuana short on bathrooms, food, many say. So that's not a sensationalized headline, right? That's just information being shared with you. I think that's what we're all looking for from the news right now. And that's a really great way to avoid fake news. I really, really think that if we all start to think about gathering information in a slower and more methodical and more critical kind of way, it can really start to break down all these shouts into the chasm that we seem to be having. Because, you know, if I'm only reading the Huffington Post and someone else is only reading the Daily Caller, then we're just going to hate each other all the time because those two, you know, all the news you're getting from either side is super sensationalized, super opinion-based, and it's hard to really sort through what's real. So I've linked allsides.com on the website so you can go find this, you can go search for it. This is an excellent, 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 excellent website that I highly recommend using um, because fake news is no good. You need to know what's really happening. As a side note, opinion-based news is not inherently bad, right? It's okay to have opinions. Every, even, you know, way back, way, quote-unquote, back before the internet, before the news was on the internet, when we just read the newspaper that would come to our door every day, there was a section called op-ed, which is where folks would write their opinions, right? There's always been opinions about the news. I think the advent of the 24-hour news cycle kind of helped us to shift from fact-based news to opinion-based news. So I think opinion-based news is more common and more popular, easier to find than fact-based news. Opinion-based news is fine. As long as you recognize that what you're reading is an opinion. Can you tell the difference between a fact and an opinion? Well, there's this really cool internet quiz that you can take about it. The Pew Research Center did it, so it's 100% like trustworthy uh, research organization that's putting this out there onto the internet. I've linked this on the website. 
I would definitely recommend taking it before listening to the rest of this podcast. So I'm gonna we're gonna take a quick break. You go to notadinnerpodcast.com and take this little quiz. And when we come back, we'll kind of talk about the results and uh, the percentage breakdowns of folks who've taken the quiz in terms of how many they got right and wrong. While you're taking the quiz, you can listen to these important notes. You can follow us on Instagram at not at dinner podcast. That's where I'm posting most updates, information, blah, blah, blah. I highly recommend you go give that a follow because uh, we're going to, I'm posting this on Monday right now when you're listening to it. There will not be a new episode next week. I'm going to take this week to focus on Thanksgiving, spend some time with some friends and whatnot, have a really good Thanksgiving dinner. We will be back on December 3rd with a new episode. December 3rd is going to be our last episode of season one. So December 3rd, it will be the last episode for about six weeks. I know that's a really long time um, to take a break, but I'm traveling for the holidays and have some things to take care of. So December 3rd will be the last episode of season one, and we will return on January 14th. That will be our first episode back. Um, Follow us on Instagram. I'll still be posting updates, any fact checks for the news, anything that I think needs to be shared. I'll still be communicating with everyone and staying connected on Instagram during the break. And yeah, we got this episode. We got December 3rd. And then we'll be back in, in January with a second season. So thanks for listening. Thanks for getting us to a place where we'll have a season two. And yeah, I really hope you all take some time to enjoy Thanksgiving and enjoy the holidays with your with your family. As always, not at dinnerpodcast.com for all the links, all the information that's talked about in this episode, as well as some really rad book recommendations. And merch. Don't forget to buy some merch if you're looking for holiday gifts. Welcome back. We are talking about fake news versus real news versus reality versus fiction versus opinion. Um, and all those different things. If you did take some time to take the quiz on the Pew Research Center, awesome. If not, no worries. You can always find it online on the website. Take it anytime. Um, I went and I took this quiz. And what was really interesting to me was the demographic breakdowns and the information at the end of the quiz. 73% of the people who have taken this test, taken this quiz, did not get 100%, which means that there were some answers that folks kind of didn't, were unsure of if the statement was fact-based or opinion-based. And that's really important because that means that we're not fully able to think critically and fully able to recognize an opinion versus a fact. I'm not going to go through every single one of the questions in the quiz, but I kind of looked through and I found some that were really shocking to me. The lowest percentage correct at 54%, so 54% of people knew that this was a fact statement, and 46% of people thought this was an opinion statement. 
The statement is this. Immigrants who are in the U.S. illegally have some rights under the Constitution. Here's where I think we get confused and why I, I think that's a fair thing for some folks to be to kind of uh, is that fact your opinion I'm not, I'm not sure is this you can have an opinion i well i don't but you can say i don't think illegal immigrants should have rights under the constitution right you can have that opinion um or you can have the opinion that you think you can say i think illegal immigrants should have full protection of the constitution the same as any citizen both of those are opinions Regardless of how you feel about it, the fact remains that illegal immigrants, folks who are in this country, undocumented, etc., do have some rights under the Constitution. That is just a fact. It's been taken to court multiple times, and each time the Supreme Court has ruled that Illegal immigrants have some rights. And the reason is the Constitution was written using the word people or the word persons um, and the word within the jurisdiction of often rather than the word citizen. And because the word citizen is used later on in the Constitution, um, judges and interpreters of the Constitution have said, well, since they did say citizen here and they didn't say citizen here, they intended this to be just plain people. Of course, it's also the case that the Founding Fathers, when they wrote the Constitution, had no, had a completely different understanding of immigration and the legality of immigration then. There was no such thing as illegal immigration back then, so they couldn't have said one way or the other. But judges, modern judges, have interpreted the Constitution to say immigrants, regardless of documentation status, have some rights. Uh, Scalia, Justice Antonin Scalia, wrote, it is well established that the Fifth Amendment entitles aliens to due process of law in deportation proceedings. Due process is in the Constitution. Scalia, among others, said that that does apply to immigrants. So you might think it shouldn't or you might disagree. It's still a fact. And so that's where we have to, we have to kind of start to understand facts versus opinions. Um, another one that had a lower percentage, so 57% of folks got this correct. Spending on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid make up the largest portion of the U.S. federal budget. That is true. That is a factual statement. That's harder to debate, right? You can't say, why. Well, my opinion is, you know, is that it doesn't. Well, that's a math question. And so that's a fact statement. And what's important to note is that you can say a fact statement that is wrong, Right, so facts can be wrong, but opinions can't. If that said, spending on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid make up the smallest portion of the U.S. federal budget, that would still be a fact statement. It would just be an incorrect fact statement versus a correct fact statement. Whereas if I said, I wish spending on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid didn't make up such a large portion of the U.S. federal budget. That's an opinion statement. So you can't tell me that I'm wrong when I say that I wish for something to be or I feel that something should be a certain way. But you can say that someone's wrong 
when they're saying something is. It's a very linguistic rabbit hole that we're spiraling into, but just keep that in mind. Fact statements, opinion statements. Fact statements can be wrong. Opinion statements can't be objectively wrong, but they can be something you disagree with. I hope that makes sense. Here's one that's a little bit scarier to me. This one worries me a little bit more. Here's the statement. So the the way the quiz works is a list of statements are made and it's the job of the test taker to decide if they think the statement is a fact statement or an opinion statement. There's only two answers that you can choose from. So here's the statement. President Barack Obama was born in the United States. A fact statement or an opinion statement? Well, 77% of people said that was a fact statement which means 23% of people who took this quiz said that that was an opinion statement. This is the type of fake news we have to get away from. President Barack Obama was born in the United States of America. End of conversation. That's it. That's not, that's not up for debate. So that's, that's really, really important. So I think when we talk about like fake news and how far are we getting from from reality and from a shared reality where we can all say these are facts and here's the opinions that I came to based on those facts, we're getting really far from that and it's that's where we're going to start to have bigger problems. If we can agree the majority of the, the largest portion of the U.S. federal budget is spent on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, that's a fact. If we have a shared reality and a shared fact-based society, then we can say that is true. And I can say, well, that's great. I think those three services are so important. They're the most important things that we spend our money on in this country. And so we need to keep doing that. Excellent. Stay the course. And then someone else might say, that's why the deficit's so high. We need to cut Social Security so that we can decrease the budget. Both of those are opinions, but they're opinions based on the same fact. That's what's important. If we get to a place where we are all sharing the same facts, then we can get to a place where we can have reasonable discussions about disagreements. It's not until we all reasonably disagree, excuse me, it's not until we all have the same shared facts that we can reasonably disagree. If you haven't taken that, if you haven't had a chance or whatever it is, Go on the website, notadinnerpodcast.com, take it. It's really, really interesting. I found it actually quite difficult in some cases to recognize um, that something was opinion or something was fact um, because of my personal opinions um, or because I didn't know. So here's a statement that I didn't, I didn't know if it was true or not, but I was able to determine Here's the statement. ISIS lost a significant portion of its territory in Iraq and Syria in 2017. Well, I actually don't, I can't tell you from personal knowledge and personal research I've done if that is true or not. But I can tell you that that's phrased in a fact sentence. That person's telling me a fact. Now, I can then go on PolitiFact or I can do my own research to see if it's a true fact. But it's a fact, it's not an opinion, right? We need to we need to do that. Another one 
uh, democracy is the greatest form of government. That's an opinion, right? It's the greatest, right? That's not factual. That's an opinion. And I think democracy is a great form of government. I think realistically, no form of government in its purest form is good. Pure capitalism, pure democracy, pure socialism, pure communism, all bad. But a combination of the best parts of each, that's success. That's, I think, why the United States form of government uh, is one that was built so well, is it's not a pure democracy. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. We don't live in a pure democracy, and I think that's for the best. uh, Because pure democracies can cause a lot of chaos. Yeah, facts, opinions, fact-checking, all this stuff's really important. I talked about a lot of resources in this episode, and it would have been cool if I could have, like, sent them through this microphone to your listening device so that you would just have those links. I can't do that. Um, So I've put them all on the website, not at dinnerpodcast.com. At the very top there is going to be kind of all the resources from this episode. Check it out. We also have a Facebook page now. Facebook's really handy because you can send a message if you have an episode idea. Um, start conversations with people who might disagree with you, other listeners, stuff like that. So you can follow us on Facebook. Like I said, you can follow us on Instagram. Check out the website. But yeah, that's going to be it for this one. We will be back in two weeks, Monday, December 3rd, for our season finale have a few ideas for a topic for that episode but since the news can change so much in two weeks i'm not going to commit to the episode that i'm imagining in case something happens uh but yeah we'll be back december 3rd and and then we'll take our holiday break so again thanks so much for the support thanks for getting us to a place where we can do a season two of this podcast and hopefully we'll just keep on going from there i hope that you enjoy uh, your holidays as we celebrate Thanksgiving with family and friends. Enjoy Thanksgiving and have a great day.